am so excited for this week's episode of the Empowered by Design podcast. I am introducing you to Aliyah Kenyatta today, a member of the Visionistas by Design team. We are going to be talking all about love, relationships, dating. Aliyah is going to talk about her work and give us some tips on how to create and maintain a healthy romantic relationship. Stay tuned. Welcome to the podcast, Empowered by Design. I'm your host, Dr. Liz, a licensed psychologist and owner of Visionistas by Design Wellness Boutique in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. This podcast is about the power of connection and a proactive approach to mental health and overall wellness. It's about finding and owning your power right now and using it for good by nurturing the connection of body, mind, heart, soul, and spirit. Empowered by Design podcast delivers psychological concepts and practical strategies with a real-life approach designed to empower health and wellness, optimal performance, authentic connection with yourself and others, and purposeful, joyful living. Be well, live empowered, dream design deliver. Hello and welcome designers to podcast episode number 12 of Empowered by Design with Dr. Liz. This week's episode is so exciting for me. It is my very first podcast episode for the Empowered by Design podcast that I will be having a guest presenter, guest speaker, and I'm so excited to introduce you to her. Aliyah Kenyatta is a member of the Visionistas team, and Aliyah is a licensed social worker who specializes in empowering you to create and maintain healthy, fulfilling relationships. Aliyah earned her bachelor's degree in, in African-American studies from Temple University and earned her master's degree in social work from Marywood University. Aliyah offers dating coaching and counseling services for adults, groups, and couples. Her approach will empower you to break out of unhealthy patterns, to improve your overall wellness, and to enhance relationships. Aliyah helps you understand that healthy relationships don't just happen. They are intentionally created and maintained, and there's a process available to help guide you there. As your dating coach, Aliyah not only helps you understand the process, but she is there with you every step of the way to prevent you from returning to unhealthy patterns and methods of dating. So without further ado, I welcome Aliyah to the podcast. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you today about um, all the fun things that we've done together so far in our work together at Visionistas by Design. I can't wait to get into talking about healthy relationships because um, that is one of our shared passions. And first, I want to talk a little bit about how we got connected. Um, mm -hmm. So that that is a fun story for me because as uh, the owner of Visionistas by Design Wellness Boutique, I'm very 
excited to have people on my team that share a passion for empowering people and focusing on healthy relationships and love. And um, so our, our mutual friend and colleague, Prashetta, introduced us. So why don't I, I'll let you kind of tell how that started. Um, it was somewhat by divine design, if you will. <laughs> I know we joke about it, but it really does feel like that because um, I was going through like a rough time personally. I was looking to branch out outside of higher ed. That's where I primarily do my um, work. And Prochetta just happened to say, you know, my colleague is um, looking for counselors and therapists to join her practice. And I was like, I'm definitely down to like explore, meet, whatever. And um, I was nervous, you know, because I do really go off of vibes. <laughs> mm. And I wanted to make sure that I vibe with whoever I work with in general. And from the first time we had our like small meeting before like the actual interview, we just kind of connected. And I, um, through like the normal, in, like uh, get to know you questions, we connected. But even after that, I mentioned that I uh, was a dating consultant or a dating coach. And it was just like, that's perfect because I, you know, I'm passionate about relationships. And when you said that, I was like, oh yes, yes, <laughs> this will work. <laughs> Yeah, I have the same the same re remembering and recollection of that first meeting. So I it would feel like it was right before Thanksgiving, right at the end of November. And I was so excited because um, I think I, when you use the word divine design, I love that because it is a lot about, it's, it's all about the vibe. It's all about the energy and the vibe and the connection. And when we met and I, I thought, you know, I definitely wanted to be intentional and say, let's just meet for meet and introduce ourselves to see if we vibe because, okay. you know, that's an important know. part. And we did, we did <laughs> right away. Um, and just at first, just, we were talking really just about the counseling piece and, and having a similar background in college counseling and not only that, but recognizing both of us went into counseling therapy as a second career type of move, right? So we mm -hmm. both similarly started in other places and found our way here. Um, but loving the that vibe and connection. One of the things that I remember most about, we got so excited about our love for Valentine's Day. <laughs> I'm thinking we will have some kind of fun um, fun program for that, which we, we did have a little bit of a, a three-day V-Day challenge, which was fun. So yeah. And then we, we vibed and we're like, okay, I think we both recognized it and said, I think we're really vibing here. So let's set yes. up a, a, another interview, which was great. So honestly, um, I think the Valentine's Day was a thing. Like it was just, it was done. <laughs> All of my friends know I love hearts. Like I'm like obsessed with Valentine's Day. So that was just like, okay, just add that little cherry on top. <laughs> yes. And I remember writing to Prashetta and being like, thank you so much. This was a wonderful introduction. So it's been a few months that we've been working together and um, it's been wonderful. Yeah, we have, a, and we found since then a lot more shared interests and passion mm -hmm. and in love and hearts and the number eight. Yes, <laughs> both, I was going to say, did you want to talk about the eights? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the eights. I don't remember when we realized that one, but that was fun. I think I asked about your birthday. Yes. 
and we're both like eights centered mm-hmm. with like, you know, like June and July. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, like eight is definitely my number, eights and elevens. And I guess you can tell that part about like how well, on your vision board. Yes. So my last, <laughs> my vision board from 2021, January, or no, January of 2020 was for some reason, there's a, um, a cutout from a magazine with just these pictures of eights that were a design in a home, like a, a wall hanging of eights. And I was like, I, I love eight. So I'm going to put it on there. And, <laughs> you know, we think that the universe pulled us together for many oh, yeah. different I like, reasons. I said, you summoned me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, tell us a little bit about what you do and, and what you find most rewarding about the work that you do. So when asked why I became a counselor, I, I listened to other people's answers, especially when I was in like grad school. And the traditional answer is I want to help people. I care about people. And although that is true about me, <laughs> the real answer is that ever, <clears throat> ever since I've been um, a child, I've loved taking things apart, understanding how they work, and then being able to put them back in a more efficient way. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Yeah. And so that's kind of what I equate like my work. And to me, that is very fulfilling to be able to bring clarity to people's lives and in my own life. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that's, that's the most rewarding part of my job. When I see like the light bulb go off when you're like, Mm. oh, that makes so much sense. Like I've Mm -hmm. heard it so many times, but like the way that was said, or right now the timing just happens to be right for me to hear it the right way. Yeah. You mentioned a lot of really important pieces is timing and pulling things apart. I love that because um, r- recognizing that you, we do that with ourselves first as therapists and helpers, right? And um, I mean, maybe not everyone, but I'm a huge firm believer in you need to, we need to know ourselves and understand ourselves. And that's a lifelong process, right? Which is, which oh. is exciting and sometimes frustrating, but definitely um, being able to have that self-awareness is really helpful in the work that we do, especially in relationships. Oh yeah. That's like, um, a key, I guess half of the components to my whole thing with creating a healthy relationship is the self-work. That is the first thing that needs to be tackled. (laughs) And like you said, it's ongoing. So it's not like it ends, but it definitely needs to be intentionally created or done, executed. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And I think when we surround ourselves with people who we trust enough to give us the feedback, you know, just in our lives, as well as sometimes professionally, right, is, Mm -hmm. is an important piece and being able to hear it, (laughs) which is not always easy um, when, when we're hearing feedback, because when we think about our personal relationships, we're human, right? We're human Mm -hmm. beings. And we're, so we also experience the the traps sometimes of relationships where we're in stuck in a pattern that we might not see until we step back and look at it, or even um, feel defensive when we're getting feedback that we say, well, we need, we need to talk about this. And then it's like, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And the, even like, like you said, uncovering like the patterns, that's really big for me. One personally, because my brain just does that. Like I notice inconsistencies or consistencies I always have. So for me, like I'm not very psychodynamic, but I I do consider myself a relational cultural therapist. Hmm. And 
that is very much uncovering patterns or relational patterns, bringing them up to the surface and figuring out whether or not they're still relevant. And that's what my therapeutic work is based on, but definitely date coaching. Like it is like that process that I created, which is the um, ASK or ask sex audit um, is based on that mindset. So. Yes, I love that. Can you say more about relational cultural perspective or approach? Yeah. Um, it's really just, once again, understanding uh, uh, relationships as the, not determining factor, that's, that's too finite, um, the guiding factor in one's life. So like relationships are of the utmost importance um, from that perspective, relationship with yourself, relationship with um, family, friends, um, and then ultimately society. So understanding the relationship with your culture and how it's influenced you, understanding what um, uh, the, the purpose of acute disconnections in relationships, understanding how chronic disconnections in relationships affects you. So um, that's really, I guess, like the basics of it. Yeah. And I think that that's sometimes for us, I, I completely agree. I think exploring where people come from in relationships is so important, right? So family relationships and cultural relationships, how they affect identity, how they affect patterns, how they affect relating. And so I, I really love that kind of exploratory work when I'm working, well, with individuals, couples, groups in general, but I think for sure when we're talking about developing the, that important piece of romantic health um, romantic health and wellness in relationships, those are really helpful. And yes, I, I just think it's, it, we can't not think about culture and family values and the, the aspects of how then they intersect with each other in our society and the things that are happening in this, in our society, in our culture right now, also being an important factor um, in, in how we relate with other people. Yes. Yes, definitely. I think when I say that, it makes me think of the, right, like the pandemic. So recognizing that when I've been working with people this past year, how, what's the word, impactful the mm -hmm. pandemic has been in every stage of relating. So people who are married, um, partnered, recently separated, divorced, single, looking to be dating, single, not wanting to be dating <laughs> and every single, you know, all of the things in between, all of the other options in between that it's been a rough year for people in relationships oh, wow. and dating, especially. And through the pandemic, we definitely were forced to be with ourselves and our families. Like those distractions that existed before were eliminated very suddenly. And so whatever you've been distracting yourself from rose to the surface and had to be dealt with. So I think so many relationships went through that and they kind of just were like, we, there are some problems here and, you know, we need to figure it out or separate. And there were a number of separations um, throughout this time period. And I guess there continues to be, but I think a lot of people realize that they may need external help. Can you talk a little bit more about, maybe give an example of what, what you mean by things that people, things were eliminated that maybe people had been using for distraction kind of were highlighted throughout this past year? Um, so when it comes to work, 
work is a huge distraction because it takes up the bulk of our time if you do work full time. Um, children were in like here in front of you <laughs> all the time. Uh, it's, I guess I say autopilot a lot and I guess that's what my mind is going to now. Like I think that functioning on autopilot crashed and there was no longer, you, you had to function intentionally because you were, it's right in front of your face at this point. So you had to, you kind of had to figure out how to maneuver in a completely different environment than you've gotten used to over however many years or months, whatever it is. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree. I, and I, we, I love that, um, that aspect of being able to recognize when we're on autopilot and how it can be helpful and then how it can be not so helpful. I think that aspect of looking at autopilot and being able to recognize when we're in autopilot mode is really helpful. And that's something we talked about in episode 11, when we're really talking about nurturing the mind and recognizing how our mind can get caught up in the past and thinking about the past or the future and what ifs of the future or that distraction type of thinking where we know there's stuff down deep that we don't really want to address or has not been addressed and, and needs to. And then, like you said, there's like the big screeching halt of what happened with the pandemic that brings some of those things to the surface in a kind of dislodging way, which I, I, I absolutely have seen in my work as well with people, um, in relationships exactly. at all stages. Yeah. And especially, well, I guess autopilot comes up a lot for me when I talk about survival mode, mm. like I think that's kind of even about when I'm discussing parenting or whatever it is, it's kind of like when you're in survival mode, you go into what you know. So absolutely. there's not that, <laughs> you know, there's not much intentional intentionality or like um, conscious thought behind it. You're just trying to survive at that point. And that's kind of what I try to do with dating, coaching and like relationships is to take people out of that survival mode. Like I have to find a relationship. I have to like the desperation and mm -hmm. kind of, you know, bring up the patterns. It's like the whole process of bringing up the patterns, helping them recognize it so that they're thriving when it comes to dating and not surviving. Yes. Yeah. Because when we're in survival mode, like you said, you're kind of, you're not thinking or intentional as much as you, you can be. Mm -hmm. um, and we just fall back on what we know or what we've done or what, what has worked. And sometimes we really develop maladaptive patterns from when we had to use some of those survival mechanisms earlier in life in order to survive certain kinds of occasions or trauma or whatever. And over time, continuing those patterns then becomes highlighted in relationships and really affects how we relate with other people. So I love that. I love that invitation to come out of survival mode, be more intentional with our thoughts, our emotions, our behaviors. And I think that also really plays into our work in um, at Visionistas and the wellness holistic wellness aspect in being proactive. Um, because if we're proactive, you know, in our, in our kind of work, a lot of times we see people when things are broken or when people are mm -hmm. feeling like they're in crisis and there's a problem to be solved or things aren't going well. And so then that's when 
that we're reaching out for help as human beings. And so one of my biggest intentions with the podcast and our work at Visionistas is to help people be more intentional in a proactive way to start developing these kinds of skills and strategies before, um, before the crisis happens, before the problem arises, because then it's more, um, we can flip into that mode more automatically. Um, And that's when flipping into an autopilot can be helpful if that autopilot mode is healthier than survival mode. Exactly. Yep. Definitely. So let's get into some of your tips for healthy relationships. Um, I know you've done a couple of presentations recently. People are noticing you on social media and <laughs> yeah, and I love it. So first, yeah, tell us about where we can find you on um, the World Wide Web and social media, and then talk a little bit about some of the work you've been doing in presentations and really delivering some of these healthy relationship tips and strategies for us? Um, I have been, well, not I've been, I am on <laughs> um, the Visionistas website. That's probably the best place to find me and to book services that um, I offer. Um, I, all, all roads lead to the Visionistas website, but I am available on Psychology Today, um, Therapy for Black Girls, another directory, um, therapy den. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Um, it's my Instagram te- uh, handle is my first and last name, Aliyah Kenyatta. Do you want me to spell it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's A L I Y A K E N Y A T T A. Um, where else am I? I think that's pretty much it for right now. Where I am located on the the internet. <laughs> yeah, and so. Uh- at Aliyah Kenyatta on, on Instagram and the visionistas by design website is just visionistasbydesign.com. Yeah. And you can check yes. out all the services that she offers and read more about you there. Yeah. Yes. See you on video. And <laughs> I love, <laughs> I love watching your reels and I just think that you have a great um, perspective. And I, I think when I see what you post, you really are authentic in creating um, information that's um, important and needed and and honest. So I, I really appreciate that. So if you if you're not following her yet, follow Aaliyah on Instagram and and watch all those fun posts. Thank you. Yeah, it's been definitely been a journey in terms of being authentic in my career for right now because I do pride myself on being as authentic as possible like being myself in whatever environment I'm in but also being adaptable so finding like that flow within this specific field has been interesting because I think therapy counseling has this stigma in within our own fields where like you have to kind of dehumanize yourself mm-hmm. and that has been difficult for me because I'm like I it doesn't feel right to me like I want to be me I want my clients my students to know that I'm also human and I think that that helps with the connection in terms of the relationship that I have and that's not for everybody you know some people like a different type of um work a different type of therapist and that's fine but I have to be true to me at the you know at the end of the day so I try mm-hmm. to, to portray that um as many places as I can, Instagram included. Right. Yeah. I think that's really important. Absolutely. 
So in terms of the, the components of relationships, <laughs> um, I like, like you mentioned earlier, I'm very adamant about creating healthy relationships and that they don't just happen because I think between Disney <laughs> and between, you know, all these love stories, there's just this uh, perception that relationships, you fall into them literally like on Disney, like they, <laughs> you fall into them and then you live happily ever after. And there are no issues you find you're happily ever after. And it's like, if you function with that mindset, you won't be prepared for the real obstacles <laughs> that occur in relationships. Um, I find myself saying this a whole lot too, that these are two or more individuals with individual upbringings, their backgrounds, um, trauma, all of that coming together to try to merge their lives. There's bound to be obstacles <laughs> um, that you, you know, it would benefit you to be prepared for. Think about what it's like to try to merge with siblings who grew up in the same household mm -hmm. and how difficult that is. Mm -hmm. Why would the, uh, why would romantic relationships be easier? <laughs> you yeah. know, um, of course you have a little bit more control when it comes to compatibility with romantic relationships than you do with siblings, but still just the idea that it's going to take some work. Um, so I, I, as I mentioned earlier, I divide the components of healthy relationships into two different parts. Uh, the first part, the primary part of creating a healthy relationship is the self-work. So that means addressing trauma, um, assessing previous relationships, meaning what do you, what did you enjoy about the relationship? What, what are some things that you want to take from that relationship into your next relationship? What are some things that you didn't like about that relationship and that you, you know, would choose not to bring into the relationship? Um, this is the work that so many people skip over after they break up, after they have a breakup, because they just want to fill the void of loneliness and they don't do that. And then in their minds, they label the relationship as right or wrong, good or bad, when in reality, not, it's neither, it's not good or bad there was some of that, some of all of that mixed in. So I try to bring that out of people and help them realize it. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think it's a great time to pause and like, and mm -hmm. invite people who are listening to, to do a little bit of that work right now, right. To reflect on um, thinking back to a relationship, whether it's the one you're in now or a previous relationship that you enjoyed, felt healthy and connected in, and what were some of the standout kind of features of that relationship? Just yeah. kind of, yeah, take some time to, to do that work. Um, I think, you know, as we, we've been working through on, in this podcast, through the aspects of, um, body, mind, heart, soul, spirit. And, and like you said, pulling things apart to understand them better helps and then putting them back together and recognizing how there are the, the inner workings are very reciprocal. Um, thinking back. So thinking back now on relationships or features of relationships in the past and what stands out for you as things that felt really good and healthy is helpful. Mm -hmm. and the opposite of what didn't feel good because mm -hmm. sometimes you block that out as well but it's oh, important yeah. to know yes yeah, so you, absolutely you know. and the the piece that you said about the judgment right so a lot of times we we get caught up 
more in the judgment of how things were than actually what happened or the thoughts or the emotions that we had. And it's like, oh, that was so bad or that was so great or wrong or right or should or shouldn't. And we can get stuck in those kinds of patterns as well. Yeah, definitely. So it's so important to just assess without yes. judgment. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and the next, I guess, point in terms of doing the self-work would be understanding your personality. And what I mean by that is kind of like, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is such a you know interesting question. And really listening to how you answer that question. Like what is first and foremost about what you would, how you would describe yourself and your identity. Um, uh, who do you want to be? Because my, my whole thing is like date for future you. Always date for future you. <laughs> if you anticipate, whatever it is you anticipate in like the next 10 years, you want to make sure your partner is in alignment with that version of you mm-hmm. and, and leave room for growth because we do grow so much. Some of it we can't account for, but some of it we can. So um, and the next, oh, sorry. And then figuring out kind of like, why are you dating? Why are you currently dating um, in terms of creating this healthy relationship? Are you genuinely looking for companionship? Are you lonely? Are you looking for experience with dating? Are you doing it because you think that's what you're supposed to be doing now? Whether that is you're in college and you think I'm supposed to be dating, you're recently divorced and you think I should be dating, whatever it is, what shoulds come up. (laughs) So that just makes it easier. When you know why you're dating, you can then communicate that to your potential partners to make sure you're both on the same page too. Um, So that is, oh wait, sorry, that's the the second component of understanding of your your self-work. And the last component of that will be understanding your preferences and compatibility. And that is what the Ask Sex Audit is based on in terms of just really getting down to the nitty gritty of where do you want balance? Where do you want sameness? Um, And I really go deep into the preferences. The four areas of preferences for the sex audit are physical, non-physical, sexual and relationship preferences um and if you wanted to I can go into like some detail about that but that's like kind of like the the bones of it of the self-work and for me like once that work is completed or at least even partially completed then you can move on to the next part which is the partner work yeah and that has to do mm-hmm. no I love that and I think too as you're talking it it speaks to all those aspects like first we looked back and And then you're incorporating where are you at right now in your life, your personality, your culture, your identity, your preferences, your attraction, and also the vision of the future dater or the vision of the future self in relationship. Mm -hmm. As we're talking about relationships, we recognize that this, these concepts can apply regardless of where you are in the dating game, because like you said, it doesn't just happen to be happily ever after. We continue to, even if married and partnered, continue to have to date our partners Mm -hmm. or date the people we're in relationship with and attend to the aspects of the relationship and not just think we can go on autopilot or, okay, now we're married and it's all going to work out. We have to attend to the relationship and do the work or else, you know, or else it doesn't, it doesn't thrive. It doesn't survive sometimes. Or like you mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned like dating within a relationship, because when you don't, when you same, you know, same concept, when you're not intentional within your relationship, you go on autopilot. And that means repeating patterns that you've seen 
Right. And that depends on what, you know, have you seen healthy relationships or not? And whatever that is, you just, you automatically repeat those patterns. Right. Yeah. So it's not, I think sometimes people wonder about, you know, my parents got divorced or my parents, you know, separated or whatever, looking at family patterns or grandparents and family and think um, it absolutely does affect us, but, but it, we have the power to be intentional and establish new patterns and break yes. cycles and patterns that are unhealthy. Yes. My favorite yeah. Thing. So <laughs> <laughs> um, can you tell, say a little bit more about those four areas? Yes. The um, so as I mentioned before, the first one is physical. That's the first one that I um, discussed. And that is kind of like what you've most people have an idea of what they want physically, but once again, as I said, we get really down to the nitty gritty and people lie on either side of the spectrum where either they're like, <laughs> cause I'll ask the one, the first one's like, do you have a preference when it comes to height? Hmm. And they'll say, yes, I only date people who are six feet. I'm like, only six feet. Is there, is there any reason why you would not go to six one or five eleven? And so we explore that. And once we do, we kind of come up with a range because they see kind of like how stuck or like uh, limiting that really is. So by the end of it, we kind of create whatever range. And then you have the other <laughs> side of the spectrum where it's like, oh no, height doesn't matter at all. <laughs> I'm like, not at all. <laughs> and then I'll ask like, <laughs> like how tall are they? And like, you may just kind of like highlighting some of the potential obstacles and what, and that's kind of what I do throughout the whole process is pointing out potential <laughs> obstacles and helping them decide whether or not they want to go down that road. So that kind of gets into some other stuff sexually and all that stuff, which sure, I love but to talk yeah, about. It's a great example <laughs> of how we can, you know, um, apply that to different features of, of physical traits and characteristics. Exactly. Yeah. And it also plays into lifestyle because one of them is like level of fitness. Mm. It's kind of like, you know, mm -hmm. do, a lot of people say, I want someone who's athletic or I want someone who's very fit. And I'm like, do you know, do you understand the lifestyle of being like that that level of fit so like what what are you okay with are you okay with someone who goes to the gym every single day and like all of their time is dedicated are you okay with someone who doesn't go to the gym at all are you okay with like whatever other type of athleticism so like when I say like I get into it like I really like get into <laughs> it and get stretch their it. brain yes <laughs> I like, love it. to just bring it to their awareness just so mm -hmm. that they're able to think Absolutely. about it intentionally um, so that, that's kind of sums up physical, the non-physical preferences are my, not my favorite, but like, they are the ones that will sneak in and ruin your relationship because these are the topics that people wait until they're in a relationship to discuss. And I, my goal is to get people to discuss this before they get into a relationship, help use these topics to help decide whether or not you want to be in a relationship. It would be a level of health or something like that. Like, are you okay dating someone who has um, a chronic illness. Mm. Chronic illnesses range from, you know, mild to severe. Mm -hmm. What are you okay with? Um, mental illness, same thing. Like, are you okay? And usually this is not to be discriminatory, but it's to kind of say like, okay, if someone is struggling with depression, pay attention to how they are managing it. And are you okay with how they're managing it? What can you handle? What can you not? How do you handle your own mental health? If you have, you struggle with any mental illness, how do you um, handle that? Uh, diet, <laughs> that's a big one. I'm always like, if you have any inkling that you might want to pursue a vegan lifestyle, 
you might want to pay attention to whether or not you date carnivores, <laughs> like yeah. strict, true carnivores. <laughs> because, I mean, it just has to do, once again, future you. And I think um, probably like alcohol substances goes into that oh, yes. too, right? That's definitely like on there. Recognizing, again, going into that aspect of awareness is key. Definitely. Because I think you're right when... When sometimes when you, even when you're saying, saying this um, here, you're saying not to be discriminatory because we, as human beings were taught to avoid certain topics because they're sensitive. And then it's like, surprise, six months into the relationship, you find this out (laughs) about your partner. And then you're feeling like, now what do I do? Or maybe it's even further into the relationship. And so being able to be open about these things is helpful. Yeah, it is. And, it, and, and early, and that's the thing where I know that most people are like, avoid the heavy subjects. Well, right. You know, I was thinking early. that, right. I was like, and I'm like, what date, what date are you going to say that on? I don't know. <laughs> and I'm always suggesting like, try to find it naturally. Like, do not ask these mm-hmm. questions as if you're on an interview, but like find ways, like if you're watching a movie or and this is not like the first date necessarily, <laughs> but in the date, throughout the dating process before a relationship is determined that it'll, like it's determined that a relationship will be pursued, find natural ways to bring it up in the conversation to just say, oh, like, oh, I know someone who did this. Like, how do you feel about this? Like the, I give tips on how to do that, but it's the key is bringing it up naturally. Um, another non-physical trait or to, to discuss is upbringing. Upbringing is huge. Yes. And I think people, once again, because of that discriminatory aspect, they don't want to judge. They don't, they don't want to say like, oh, I, don't, I wouldn't date someone because of this. But you're not saying it to be discriminatory. You're just, it's in terms of compatibility. Because, and this is not saying that you can't, that you're incompatible with someone who is, has a different upbringing than you. It's just anticipating the potential obstacles and what you can handle and what you may be a little bit apprehensive to take on. Right. And it just goes through these, like, this is like the, the meatiest version of, uh, um, the media's topic of preferences because it goes into education, goals, financial orientation, political stance, maintenance of living space and body, spirituality slash religion. Um, and then my favorite, which is confrontation style. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just something that I should, it comes up so often in um, couples work where they're like, you know, a couple come in and say, I have a communication issue. We have communication issues. And the more I observed them, I'm like, I don't think you really have communication issues as much as you have confrontation issues. The communication suffers when there's a topic that is difficult. So knowing your confrontation style and asking about your potential partners to make sure you're on the same page. Uh, and then when it comes to sexuality, this is also obviously like one of my favorites. <laughs> and that's asking about, first of all, my first question in this one is, do you like sex? Because I'm not assuming that you do. Mm. And if you don't, figuring out what that is. If you do, it goes just deeper into why you do. So like, what's your favorite part of sex? Like one of my other like <laughs> mottos, I'm like, if you ask someone what their favorite part of sex is and they say that it's the orgasm, that's a red flag. <laughs> like, <laughs> because sex is so much more than that. That just is indicative of a performance-based mindset when it comes mm-hmm. to sex mm-hmm. instead of pleasure-based. Right. Yeah, so I, I, I discuss a lot about that. Um, we go into like favorite position and why, least favorite position and why, so that they know this is, these are things that people don't necessarily talk, you know, think about even. They just know this is my favorite or I don't like this. When we get into why is it? Is it because you feel more submissive in this position and you don't like it? 
or whatever it is. So how we and get how do that. you right recognizing people are uncomfortable talking about the a, a lot of the topics, right? Confrontation and sex and preferences and lots of different reasons why people avoid certain topics because of discomfort and history and family values and all of those things. What are some ways that you help people to feel more comfortable discussing things that are uncomfortable? I like to be pretty transparent with the fact that it is uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I kind of just let you know, like, hey, I'm gonna ask you some really, you know, personal questions. And that and that's helpful too, just recognizing that it's an uncomfortable topic. It just helps to to build the trust and lower the defenses. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we talk about that sex and we then we go into the relationship preferences, which is I leave this for last because it's just they're already kind of like, you know, excited and thinking of now, but now we go into the, 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 the nitty gritty of relationships and it's kind of like defining what exclusivity is for them because there are these like words that people use without really knowing the definition. Like these words have a very broad definition to different people. Like um, infidelity is a huge one. Like infidelity mm -hmm. is big where some, for some people, Infidelity means that like, you know, your partner is watching porn and they believe that that is cheating. On the other side, you can have sex as long as you don't, as long as, as long as emotions aren't involved and then it becomes infidelity. And you can imagine if those two people on either side of the spectrum get into a relationship and infidelity is not discussed explicitly. There are just assumptions being made and then it's usually not addressed until the boundary has been violated, but you can't violate a boundary that has never existed, that was never created. Right. Yeah, that's a great point is out making sure the boundaries are clear before they're crossed, Yes. <laughs> right? Because infidelity and betrayal are very much can be subjective for different people and, and in relationships, which is one of the, yeah, it's, it, it can be one of the biggest problems for they really can sustaining relationships that are healthy and of course the first part of that is knowing what it means to you exactly like what to know what like what once again what you what is an, an absolute no for you and what is like you know like i would be willing to like discuss or negotiate on this specific topic so that's kind of what we go into um types of relationships like are you um drawn to like open relationships monogamous polyamorous narrowing that down and discussing it uh, yes, yeah, so that's pretty much sums up what there are other things that we go into, uh, depending on like the age of the person or like where they are in their development in their life. I'll talk about like, do you want kids, your parenting style, all that stuff, mm -hmm. if that's what they're interested in. Because that's another thing that kind of can creep up in a relationship that you just don't expect because you don't talk about it until you have kids. Yeah. So. <laughs> so you, you're thorough. <laughs> it's an yes. understatement. <laughs> Yeah. I, and I try to be. How does that affect so the the online dating and dating profiles and apps for dating? How do you set up a profile that actually is successful in getting a, helping you establish a relationship that you are interested in? So that work 
is what comes after I complete the audit with my clients because to me, and I know there are a lot of dating coaches who kind of just do that work where they like work on seduction or flirting or dating profiles. I don't feel equipped to do that until I know who's in front of me. I can't help you be authentic yeah. if I don't know who you are. Yeah. So I do draw a lot from the audit. At that, as you can see, at the end of the audit, I know a great deal yeah. <laughs> about the client in front of me and the person in front of me. And then I can kind of go from there. We know what we're trying to portray. We know the type of person we're trying to attract. And then we go based on that. This is very much more geared towards uh, an individual work yes. before you're in a relationship establishing the awareness level so that you are entering into a relationship that can be healthy and then sustainable in a healthy way. Yeah. I love that. And then I think too, we invited you to think back on relationship aspects or relationship features from, from your past that were um, positive slash negative or healthy slash unhealthy and it's also helpful as you, as you're sitting and listening, or maybe you're walking and listening, whatever you're doing as you're listening to be able to then also think about yourself right now. And some of those aspects of your personal identity, your culture, your uh, religious values, your spiritual values, your family values, what your job is, what your interests are, your passions um, and really just kind of reflecting on things that come up for you now. And then also being able to spend some time envisioning and working through what you want in your future as well. So being able to just spend some time with yourself, answering some of these questions that you've heard here today so that you have a start on what you are looking for, how you can create and maintain a healthy relationship. Yeah, that's amazing for, to, for that reflection. Um, but that does also take work in terms of like the, ma- the maintenance part, mm-hmm. you know, like we covered like the creation or trying to create it, but the maintaining is where, you know, it can get a little, a little hairy. Um, and that's when the partner work comes in, in terms of like the maintaining the, re- the healthy relationship. So that involves, now that you know yourself, communicating that effectively to your partner, to your potential partner. Um, and that involves, once again, understanding your confrontation style, um, appropriate mode of communication. You know, how do you best communicate for different, um, what's the word, like different situations. So if it's a negative situation, maybe you want to, some people are comfortable, more, more comfortable with communicating negative experiences or situ, situations by writing it down, like physically writing it down or texting it. Some things may be reserved for only in-person or verbal communication. So really figuring out how you work together, um, understanding love languages, understanding your partners, that all goes into effective communication with your partner. Um, and then creating the relationship contract. That sounds very business-like. But that is, <laughs> but it so is a bu- it's, it's a business. It's a business, exactly. right? Running a family, running a partnership. It's a business. <laughs> it is. It is. I'm so glad you agree. <laughs> um, so, and that involved, and this doesn't have to be like an actual contract. If that's how you process and how your brain works, you definitely can type it up. And even if you wanted to, but just discussing it is a contract, you know, it's a verbal contract. But so mm-hmm. you, once again, you both know the, the agreed 
uh, definition of infidelity within this specific relationship, uh, exclusivity, consequences, your couple's sexual style, boundaries, all that, making sure you both are in agreement. And then the next part of that is maintaining it. And that has to do with making sure, you know, discuss the course of action if the contract is violated, but then also revisiting the contract before or after transitional periods. So like after, before or after trauma, grief, infidelity, relocation, injury, all of these things need to be revisited now because it trauma and all that stuff changes parts of you. So that might mean that now that definition that you agreed upon in the beginning of the relationship has changed because of the infidelity, because of grief, because of trauma, and it needs to be discussed. And I think when one of the reactions I had as we're sitting here like, yeah, it's a, it's a business, it's a contract, it's important, is one reaction is like, wow, that's so not romantic, <laughs> right? And, <laughs> and, and then I recognize that you and I are very similar in recognizing we love the love aspect. We love the romance piece of it. Um, but it's also realistic that that's not, I was going to say that's not enough, but it doesn't just, it doesn't carry you through the romance and the pitter patter of your heart in the beginning of a relationship. It doesn't always sustain the connection through some of these things that you're identifying through trauma and life changes and grief and loss. And for those of you who have had a failed relationship, which I think we can all say we have, Mm -hmm. we recognize some of the way that had some of these things been talked about and communicated and, and agreed upon or outlined prior to things may have been different. Would you maybe be in the same spot you're in perhaps? And just recognizing that we put a lot of time, effort, investment of money and energy into our job training and career and education. And (laughs) in order to be the best we can be in those kinds of aspects of our lives, yet we just think, okay, we're going to get in a relationship. We're going to be together forever. And it's just going to work itself out. And that, and that is not reality. Not. essentially like you're just like i'm gonna wing it i'm like what other part of your life did you just wing it <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. this is such a big part of life to wing <laughs> but i like what you mentioned about like you know love is not the only thing that takes to sustain a relationship because i always tell them like you know that love when you when it dips because it will dip because once again you're two humans coming together to merge so when there the obstacles will be there when it dips compatibility is what is the safety mm, net. So yes. when you don't have that compatibility, it's really easy to fall. Now there's no that. safety net. Yes, because compatibility it has so many components that you outlined, right? So if you, if love dips, uh, oh, I love that. It's all about balance. Oh, if love dips, you have to rely on the other things, shared values, shared vision, mm-hmm. spiritual beliefs, faith, all the things, um, work ethic. All of it. And, Times, right. And, um, I, I do believe, yeah, I do. I believe for me, definitely. I, I love to help people find the love or rediscover the love when they feel like, where is it? Um, because that of course is a big part of it. And again, it's about, it's about balancing. It is. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> when we think of balance, it can mean different things to different people. 
But if you are feeling out of balance, if you feel like you are desiring something more, you have maybe lost your way, lost an important piece of who you are, and you want to be healthy, you want to feel healthy, you want to look good, you want to feel good, and it feels overwhelming sometimes, right? Because there's all the things, work and family and carpools and dinner and cleaning and deadlines, and who has time after all of that to focus on self-care, which we know is important. But our Healthy by Design program will help you tune in to some of the aspects that can go uncovered and can be muffled by the busyness of our lives. And so if this sounds at all like you, if you are craving something different, wanting to get in touch with a part of you that has been covered over or lost or maybe not even developed yet, but you want to get in touch with your soul, your spirit, we invite you to get on the wait list for the Healthy by Design 2021 program. It will be starting in a few weeks. You can head over to drliz.com slash healthy and sign up there to be sure that you are first to receive all of the fun details and information about our program. We are so excited to bring that to you. So I wanted to do a wrap up our session with a fun activity, this or that. So if you tuned into episode eight, which was celebrating good times, I did a little bit of this or that with, of me for you to learn about me. So I am going to also use that feature for my guest episodes as well. So we're going to give you Aliyah if you'll be so gracious as to participate in our fun little activity called this or that, um, and let help us to learn a little bit more about you. Um, okay. So I'm going to say this or that cake or pie cake. Definitely. (laughs) You didn't hesitate (laughs) for a minute. What's your favorite about this? (laughs) (laughs) You thought about cake or pie? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite cake? Um, I, I, wow, I actually love chocolate cake. Like, I don't know if, have you ever seen Matilda? <laughs> have you ever seen Matilda? No. Okay. There's like a, a, a part where like Bruce bug chatter, like eats this huge, like cake and it looks so good. And someone in my life made that cake, like exactly. It looked the same oh, and it looked wow. exactly the way that I wanted it to. So it was like perfect. But other than that, like for like birthday cakes and stuff, it's basically strawberry shortcake. Okay, (laughs) nice. Um, Okay, so save or spend? Spend. (laughs) I like to function from an abundance mindset that says whatever (laughs) I spend comes back to me. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Um, Okay, last this or that. It is pool or ocean? Pool. I have like a deep fear of the ocean for some reason. I don't know why, but I'm like, whenever I'm like faced with, I'm like, oh, there's so many animals. Like, 
in this ocean and I freak out. Sea creatures. (laughs) Yes. So definitely pool. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Aaliyah. I'm delighted and so excited to have you here uh, as I am to have you on the Visionistas team. Thank you so much for bringing all this wonderful information about um, creating and maintaining healthy relationships. Today, you are hearing from Aaliyah Kenyatta, relationship and dating specialist. You can find her on social media, on Instagram at Aaliyah Kenyatta. And you can also find her at visionistasbydesign.com to learn more about the services that she offers. Again, be sure to sign up for the waiting list if you are interested in the Healthy by Design 2021 program. And you can also get on the email list where you will receive a weekly email about all of the fun events coming up for me and the Visionistas team. So again, thank you, Aaliyah. And um, thank you all for tuning in. We invite you to share this episode, pass it along to someone who may really enjoy and benefit from from these tips, from the information that we have shared today and introduce them to Aaliyah. So thank you again. Thank you. We can't wait to connect with you on a future episode. Take care. Thank you for connecting on this episode of the podcast, Empowered by Design. For further connection, subscribe to my email list at drliz.com to be sure that you are in the loop for exciting news, events, and resources. You can also follow me on social media at Dr. Liz and at Visionistas by Design. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and send this episode to one of your people in order to share the love, spread the power. This podcast is designed to inspire, educate, and empower you to pursue your dreams with intentional vision. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for psychological treatment or a working relationship with a licensed mental health professional. For more information on connecting with mental health resources in your area, visit drliz.com and click on resources. Thank you again for connecting and remember, trust the heart, work your vision, dream, design, deliver.